Well, hey, what's up? Happy Monday. I pray that everybody had a blessed, sanctified, and wonderful and perfect day. And I pray that in Jesus' name you have a spectacular week. On my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads, if you go to it, I have a lot of stuff on there, right? So make sure to subscribe and turn on the post notifications so you don't want to upload another video. But in around the world, there's a there's a Sunday school lesson called the International Sunday School Lesson. So I I have been dabbling and been doing Sunday school lessons for years. Every once in a while, I try to do it every week, but it's impossible. It's just no, like the way the curriculum is, I don't like it. Like I wish they just did verse by verse, chapter by chapter, but they never do that, so I can't do it because don't go the way I studied the Bible. But anyways, this week for the International Sunday School lesson is actually on First Peter chapter one, verse no, First Peter chapter two, verse one through ten, right? And so in different Sunday school lessons, it's called uh, it has different titles. So one of the titles for International Sunday School lesson is like God's call, God calls you into light. Another title is results of the call so it's different titles of the sunday school lesson. so i'll be teaching the sunday school lesson on this sunday at my dad's new church at saint paul amy church in columbia tennessee but this is a spoiler of what to expect for that sunday school lesson it's going to be powerful so like i showed you uh, i have a playlist on my youtube channel of all the sunday school lessons i've ever done uh in my church or online with justin or terry so check out that playlist on my youtube channel up past crossroads also i have a playlist of all the sermons bible studies Sunday school lessons is anything I've done on the book of first Peter. So check that out as well. So let's go ahead and get to it. So we're going to be talking about first Peter chapter two, verses one through 10 today. And today's title of today's video for Justin, what he's going to be teaching on is God's elite. So Justin, you want us to read the scripture verses first? Yeah, let's do that. Then I'll give some context and some history behind it. All right, cool. So I'm about to read first Peter chapter two. Verses one through ten, and I'm spoiling. I'm telling you guys right now, just get ready. This Sunday school lesson is about to be crazy. I'm gonna try my best to go every single day and break down First Peter chapter two of this week before the Sunday school lesson, but we'll see what happens. So, here goes the verses, right? So, First Peter chapter two, verse one through four, and I'm reading from the King James Version Bible. So, wherefore laying aside all malice and all gal and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking, as newborn babies desire. Uh, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so, be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Verse 5 of 1 Peter chapter 2. Ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house in a and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures, behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be conf confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallow, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light 
which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So that's first Peter chapter two, verse nine through 10. So let's get to this lesson, guys, this Sunday school lesson for this week. And I, I kind of just want to talk about the, like the author a little bit too, because I feel like we've taught, we've had studies on first Corinthians words were awesome. And a lot of other uh, verses we pull out are obviously from Paul because like Paul wrote a majority of the new Testament, but here we're actually reading about some of Peter's work and Peter, if you, if you could say Paul wrote to the Gentiles and non-Jews, then Peter usually used his gifts to talk to the Jews because he was a very, he, like he was a very um, devout Jew as well. Like not very smart, not very knowledgeable, but he was still very customized to the traditions of a Jewish person. And so he always talked to the Jewish people. So for, while Paul always had to argue to the Gentiles about what it meant to be um, a chosen people or a new vanguard of the kingdom of God, like for Peter and his audience, they just knew that if Jesus, if Jesus is part of the elite, if he's part of the top of the top or the priesthood, priesthood, if we follow Jesus, we're automatically um, inducted into this new life of the priesthood. Like we're a holy people. And as John and I mentioned before in previous studies, holy means you are set apart. You're supposed to be the standard of the people. And that, that just came naturally to the Jewish people. So I just like in the very first verse, and I just like I just like how um, Peter's verses flow because in the first verse he's telling you to get rid of malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander because he's saying you need to rid yourself of these things if you're supposed to represent um, this elite elite kingdom of God. Like, um, and I'll, I'll go more in depth about each one and why they're so important. But he's basically saying, like, you need to renew yourself. Um, like Galatians 2.20, I think that's the right one. You're, it's saying, like, you're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Like, you have to start off fresh. Ezekiel, it's saying, like, you've been given a new heart of the Spirit. Like, Peter is basically saying the same thing. If you are, even though we've been following the Jewish traditions all this time, like, there's there's a new path that we need to take with a new standard. We need to take a new level of cleanliness that we need to take because Jesus completely flipped the script. Like everything Jesus provides, like man, you have to remember Simon Peter was pretty much the spoke person of Jesus's disciple. Like he was, he's always the one who's like asking Jesus these questions or speaking for the disciples. So he, he knows like what it means to be new again. Like, man, we see Simon Peter make so many mistakes, which is like the first time you read like the gospels, you think, man, like the disciples, like disciples are hanging out with Jesus all the time. Why are they making these mistakes all the time? But truthfully, man, that's like more humanizing. That's like, that's good for us because who, who among us can say like, we would never make a mistake in front of the son of God and embarrass ourselves but like uh peter was saying like we need to be like newborn babies because um like if we're following jesus like we're following this new kingdom of god 
like it's going into detail but jesus is the living stone and i really like how because jesus is the living stone we're also going to be living stones like we we're we're part of this construct we're part of this new building we're part of this stonework this masonry that's building up something grand something amazing like it's it just comes naturally to peter and i i, I can't emphasize this enough just because for us for the us especially like we we value individualism which isn't bad that's good to recognize your gifts but sometimes we don't recognize it compared to other countries like the middle east or asian countries that we use this for a community like the jewish people were aware that you're part of a community you're part of something bigger than yourself so that's a once we get into more depth in this it's important to know that you're a living stone you're part of this big construct that has big plans for you now you know what to say <laughs> yeah I'll, uh let me let me uh I, man i really want to like get into verse one so i'll start there and then you can just speed off of me if that's cool okay yeah let me put like ridding so he lists all these things that are ridding yourself oh thanks man yeah. he's talking about all these things after you rid yourself like on surface level that just means like um on the surface level that basically means you need to cleanse yourself you need to live yourself to a new standard but each one of these i think is super important because like malice and deceit and hypocrisy and so forth these are specifically things that get in the way of um what's the word i'm trying to think it gets in the way of like charity it gets in the way of having of like efficiently helping other people it gets in the way of god's workmanship in you to do good works like each one of these like prevents you from being the creation that god wants you to do and why did jesus come come back so that we can have a clean slate so we can be as white as snow but all these things are things that prevent us from that like malice is like it's like anger it's like a vengeful spirit it's like you can't do good for others if you're angry at them or if you desire something bad to happen to people or deceit um like if you like falsehood or delusions of grandeur or like a false image of yourself like you can't you can't be real with god if you're false to yourself like we oh man oh man that oh man that's good uh right. save that write that down the, i just came up with that i'm proud of myself for that <laughs> like and we've talked about this in prayer before like you don't pray to god with a fall with a mask or a facade because god wants to reel you he wants to change you from the inside out and you can't do that if you're presenting something false mm -hmm. uh like hypocrisy man jesus's patience was amazing but like the people who he got angry at the most were hypocrites or like the pharisees for sure who were trying to like um man there's a lot to say about that like counterfeit friendships or like people who practice the works but showed no heart towards other people like if, if you're if you're not working for the good of others like you're not working in the uh you're not being the type of creation God wants you to be. You're not connecting with other people. If you're having fake friendships, 
Like you're not building that community that God wants. Again, like this whole, these whole verses are talking about how you can build yourself as a community, as the elite vanguard that Jesus has called you to be. Um, envy. I mean, if you're like that, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Like if you're, if you envy something your neighbor has, like if you're grieving something, if you're grieving something good that someone else has like you don't want to help them like you're only thinking about yourself like you're thinking man why can't i have that no you we need to be thinking how can i help that other person uh last one is like slander man why are you bringing people down by slandering or gossiping that's such an easy one too like we don't even know we're slandering it but it's like it's second nature to us like in work environments or family or relationships just putting other people down and it's like there's a lot to say that one, but like you can't build people up if you're um, if you're breaking them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all these are just Peter wants you to get rid of these so that you can start anew and be the creation that God wants you to be. Yeah, I'm trying to get all my verses ready so I can share it on the screen. So I'm just not saying oh, yeah, it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because I was yeah, not, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not prepared for this, but I'll go ahead and go for verse one. So verse one of i'll just read it again just so everybody knows so we're we're in first peter chapter 2 verses 1 through 10 for today's for this week's sunday school lesson an international sunday school lesson on uh first peter chapter 2 verse 1 through 10 so we're in for, for one right now we're focusing on that so wherefore laying aside all malice and all and hypocrisies and envies and all evil, evil speaking so in other translation it doesn't say wherefore it says therefore in all christianese Everybody that's a Christian, we know whenever we see the word therefore, we got to figure out why, why it's therefore. Like that's Christian needs for every church person that goes to church. We all know that. Right. So we're about to figure out, you know, why is that? Why does it start off saying therefore and wherefore? It's in light of what first what Peter mentioned in first Peter. He was talking about the significance and the power of God's word in first Peter chapter one. I don't have that pulled up right now. So I'm going to just go ahead and just read it for everybody so let's go to first peter chapter one like why did he say you know therefore we're going to cast away malice evil speaking all these evil things right it's because at the very beginning at the very end of first uh peter i want to focus on first peter chapter 23 yeah first peter chapter 1 verse 23 to 25 and let me see in my notes which was the one i want to focus in on first peter chapter 1 i may do verses 18 to 21 and maybe three to four right but let's do 23 to 25 it says being born again not a corruptible seed but of incorruptible by the word of god which liveth and abideth forever right verse 24 says for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass now get this part the grass withereth away right so <laughs> in the flower there there uh falleth away right so the flesh is like grass so our flesh, it just withers away. Ain't that true? As you get older, you start to look more awful. Like, have you seen a person that looks a, that's 130, what they look like? There's no 130-year-old that looks like they're 20. Uh-huh. They look like death. Like, you know, like, so, it's crazy, right? So all flesh is like grass. It withers away, right? All the glory of man is as a flower of grass. What happens to flowers? They It go, just depends on the season, but they all fall away right they all go away at some point they don't stay there forever right 
new flowers blossom and stuff like that. So verse 25, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which, which by the gospel is preached unto you. So it talks, I'm gonna go ahead and read verse 18 and going on. So, but basically, I don't know what verse I'm gonna go to because I haven't done this lesson yet. <laughs> okay, let's go to verse three through five. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? So this is Peter's whole point, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So first Peter chapter two is talking about how we become incorruptible seeds, how we how we crave the spirit, how we crave the milk of God's word, right? It talks about how we become a living creation, a living stone of a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Like, how do you become these things? It's through God's word, right? And we learned from John chapter one, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word is God. And the word was with him at the beginning, right? So like, it didn't mention Jesus in Genesis chapter one. It says, we made man. Like it said that, you know, the, the father and the son did everything together. So like Jesus was always at the beginning, right? So I'm going to go to verse four. So to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that faded not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last in the last time. So basically in all first Peter chapter one is building up to first Peter chapter two. Now let's go back to it. All right. So first Peter chapter one was talking about, you know, laying aside malice, all guile, hypocrisies, envies and evil speaking. Right. So. Mm -hmm. I want to make a few points with that. So Peter, when he said, therefore, Peter has just demonstrated the glory and the eternal character of God's word, right? When he said, therefore, he was, one of my points is in light of what God's word is to us, we receive the word and receive it with a particular heart, right? And so the particular heart, the word is going to change you, right? The more you read God's word, the more it changes you. The more it transforms you into the image that God wants you to be. If you apply his truths into your life and you come to God sincerely, and that's what all of 1 Peter chapter 2 is going to be talking about. So in verse 1, it describes the attitude of a heart that receives the word and grows by the word, right? So this is a humble and honest and willing to do. It's, it's a heart that's willing to do what the word of God tells us to do, right? So... That's so powerful. Because how many people are like that? Like, have you laid aside all malice? Like, I want to really break down what those words are. So, yeah. So, we're supposed to put all, put aside all malice, right? So, malice is the desire to hurt another person. That could be through words, through action, like an eye for an eye, tooth or a tooth. Like, you won't, you seek vengeance. I'll add even, like, so desire to hurt another person. That means, like, in First Corinthians, it mentioned that love does not wish evil upon another person. Like <laughs> love does not want to hurt another person. Like that's malice. Like if you if you want that. So like as a Christian, no, you don't desire that. Like deceit, you don't desire to trick another person to get what you want. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna throw some shade at women. There's so many beautiful women, man. Like they look like angels, man. And they use their beauty to trick a man. Just like Delilah did Samson. Just to get their way, just to have what they want. Uh -huh. And they're a Christian. Oh, come on now. You kidding me? Like, you ain't a Christian. Dude, you wouldn't do that. Like, so, you know, pretense. So, that's what hypocrisies are, you know, pretending. Like, you play acting. Like, so Monday through Saturday, you act like some, something different than what you act like on Sunday. You kidding me? That's not what you're supposed to act. You're not supposed to be fake. 
how you are in private, how you need is how you need to be in public. But some of y'all in private are worse than what you are in public. Like, <laughs> like that's a hypocrite. I want to really talk about that in the Sunday school lesson. I just realized that with Matthew chapter six, that's what ties in with it. I did that Sunday school lesson before. You gotta check it out. Check it out on my YouTube channel. Jealousy, so envies. I'm not talking about that. Everybody knows that. Evil speaking. All right. So this one's powerful. Justin just mentioned it. Like, like what Justin was trying to say. He said it already. Like all these things. This is how we used to live. So we we can't live like this anymore. If you are now in the congregation of God, if you're now one of God's elite, like we're going to be talking about today, if you're if you're a part of his body and you became alive again. So the whole key verse, the key verse for the International Sunday School lesson, I think it's for all of them. It's first Peter chapter two, verse nine. You know, it says that you are a holy nation, you know, a royal priesthood. Uh, yeah, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light so we're supposed to be living as if we're in the light we're supposed to be living as if we're one of god's chosen people the light of the world the salt and light of the world right we're supposed to be giving hope and supposed to be showing love and showing things that the world isn't used to right we're supposed to be showing compassion and gentleness and humility right not these the things in verse one like malice gal and you know hypocrisies envies evil that's the way the world lives and if you live like that they're not going to be able to decipher the difference between a child of god somebody that knows him and somebody who doesn't so this is what peter first starts off saying in first peter chapter two which is crazy right <laughs> justin I, I you can go ahead man no you're good yeah it's like um and just uh, just like moving on from like all the, all the like malice and deceit and hypocrisy that Peter wants us to wipe away, I feel like it kind of. Uh, the next verse goes into we need to be like newborn babies, and I feel like this mirrors what Jesus was saying. Like in order to go to the kingdom of God, we have to be like children, and I'm 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 sure that's where Peter had gotten it from as well, because, man, I feel like. I feel like a lot of these uh, things that Peter wants us to rid of are just not present in kids. Like, yeah, they'll throw tantrums and like sometimes hold grudges, but I honestly, they're a lot more pure. And I think that's really needed to like work together. Like, I feel like kids just have like less hangups when it, when we have to like work together. Um, but like that, it doesn't stop there either because the verse goes on to say that, so by it you may grow up in your salvation like there's a like we've already been saved like we've already achieved salvation like jesus has already achieved that salvation for us the next step is sanctification we can't expect to contribute to the community if we're not like constantly growing like a big part of this is like we're we want to be christ-like and no one is christ-like except jesus so it's like a constant it's a constant um, work in, like, a, oh, shoot, what am I trying to say? Work in progress. And, like, we, we're still running that marathon. So that's, and it's because, like, why do we do this? Like, verse 3 tells us it's because we've tasted that the Lord is good. Like, we know what it's like to, like, before God, before Jesus, like, we might try to fill our lives with things that just don't fill us that don't satisfy us like we might be gorging ourselves on food or 
like uh, drowning ourselves in sexual relationships or finding something that gives us um, fulfillment. But honestly, like it just when those things don't fill fill us up, it just shows how empty we are. Like we're never we never know how big the pit is until we start throwing stuff in that just doesn't fill us. But Paul, uh, Peter is saying now that we've uh, now that we've tasted something that allows our cup to runneth over, as the saying goes, like that allows us to pass that on to other people. We can love because we were first love. And Peter is saying, like, we just were constantly growing into this. And that just goes into, I hope I'm not jumping too fast, but that just moves us on to the living stone as well. Like the cornerstone. Like the Jesus has constantly been described as the cornerstone, which is strange. I don't think. Oh yeah, yeah. down in verse six, it talks. It there's a prediction, like a prophecy, that Jesus will be the precious cornerstone. Like, what is the cornerstone? It's like, uh, as the name implies, it's a corner of like a foundation. But that has like a lot of implications. One, it's the foundation. It's like what you build everything on. And secondly, it's the corner. It shows like what direction that you're going to make the walls, what direction you're going to make the building. Like right down here in the corner, like it tells you like, okay, where's my, where's the first wall going? Where's the second wall going? It lays down, it's like a compass. It lays down like the direction that we're going to go into. I think uh, Peter is just really trying to push that we, there's something new. There's something big that we need to be following. Like, Everything we've done in our life now has just be considered a waste compared to the life that we're going to be called into. Like, and the crazy part is like, uh, uh, I'll get to that later, but now we're living stones. As I said before, like for the Jewish people, once you commit to something, like you, you take on those qualities. So if Jesus was the living stone, verse five is saying like, we're the living stones now we're building a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood like that's like for back then like the priesthood was just its own separate species almost its own separate occupation as they were untouchable but now that jesus has passed away the veil has been torn like back in the gospels uh man sean did i don't know which study it was but sean did a great job like defining what it me really means for the veil to be torn in two. Like we get a glimpse into like that priesthood. Like no longer do we have to commune with um, God's chosen priests. Like we're the priests now. And that's crazy. That's a big responsibility too. Like that's not, so that's not something you take lightly. And it's, uh, and it's like we're offering spiritual sacrifices. And what does that mean? Like that means like we are changing our lives. We're, giving up we're giving up like the things that we thought were valuable in this world for something that's even more valuable like everything we talked about in revelation like the kingdom of god a kingdom that's sustained by god's glory a kingdom where um where night never comes and like truth and light are always 24 7 or however time runs in heaven like that's our like that's in our our inheritance which is crazy but because, but how do inherent, inheritances work? Like it means we are part of that family now. Like if we, if we are God's children now, like we, we take up that occupation. Like back then, like Jesus learned the trade of being a carpenter. 
uh, from his father because you you just passed down uh, the family business to the the next of kin. So if we're children of God, if we want that, and if we're claiming that inheritance, that means we're taking on the role, taking on the position that uh, God has for us, and that means like we're our we're our own holy priesthood, which is kind of crazy when you think about it because it it's it's probably like the weirdest looking group of misfits or priesthood you'll ever see. You have uh, fortune tellers, you have like a, uh, you have um, tax collectors, you have tent makers, you have carpenters, you have just like all these people who are suddenly like priests or ambassadors now. But like that's God's people. That's the beauty of it. Like that's it's gone. Like to an outside person, it looks like a group of people that have nothing in common. But that's the beauty of it. That shows that anybody can is can be a part of that priesthood. But it's like something we have to take responsibility for. And it's like not something we take lightly. Like Yao and I have been helping some friends uh, with their like questions for their marriage, which is weird because we've only been married for seven months. Um, so we're by no means experts. But like something we've kind of talked to with the husbands is like marriage is not like a regular relationship it's not like dating it's something we've kind of lost over the years in our culture like the men just don't take responsibility um to present their wives as something holy something precious and i think this is the same thing too like we don't treat the priesthood like if we are inducted to this family if we're inducted to this priesthood we don't take it lightly like it's something we need to take own it's something we take responsibility for. Dude, you killed it, man. Hmm. I shouldn't even talk no more. I should just let you keep on talking. But I'm going to go ahead. Like, I'm not going to look at my notes. This is not a notes kind of thing. Like, you got the spirit moving, bro. Like, you literally let God talk to you the whole time. So I got to repay the favor, man. All right. I'm going to go go back up. And I'm going to come down to where you're at. So, like, with verse 2 of First Peter chapter 2, man. It says, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. You cannot grow in your faith if you don't desire spiritual milk. That's so powerful, right? Spiritual milk. That contradicts something that Paul says in 1 Corinthians. You remember that? <laughs> uh, Paul, Paul said that, uh, I wish that you, I wish you didn't live off of milk. Like, I wish that you, I could give you meat. I wish I could give you all the truths, all the revelations, all the mysteries of God, but I have to feed you milk because you're such a baby and you're 60 years old, but you've been saved since you were 18. You've never grown in your faith. You still had a baby immature level, whining and weaning off of milk. When you should be, I should be able to give you steak and give you a feast and give you a buffet, but you can't even... You still need breast milk. You still need a nibble on a nibble. Like, you know, trust me. <laughs> but anyways, like, some people never grow in their faith. Some people never get to the point to where they see all that God wants them to see. That's the passage, man. Like, as newborn babies, man. So all Peter is saying is, as a newborn baby craves milk. A newborn baby, I'm not a newborn baby, so I don't know. I don't have a, a kid yet, but I'm pretty sure I'll figure it out. Cause, <laughs> but, like, I can only imagine how hungry a kid gets a baby. A newborn baby, guys. So it's not just a baby. It's a newborn baby. Like, they need milk. Without milk, 
they don't survive. Like that's how you get malnutrition. That's how you don't get the nutrients that you need, the vitamins that you need, everything, the protein that you need in order to grow. Like this is the most important time period of a baby's life so that they can evolve and become into the image that God intended them to be, right? So without milk, what would happen to a baby? You need it. There's not no what if, like you need milk, right? So like Paul Peter is saying like, as new as a newborn baby cries and desires milk and he lets you know, like, or she lets you know, like you, a baby will cry until you give it what it wants, right? A newborn baby and all it wants really, and I don't know if this is true because I don't have kids, but we'll see. Like all a newborn baby wants is milk, is food. That's all they care about or sleep. I don't know. Like, but milk for sure. Like most of the time when they cry, it's a, it's a fact like that all they desire is milk. So is that true or not? I don't know. So Peter's whole point is just like they desire milk and that's all they care about is food and milk, right? That's how we need to care and, and want to know God's word, right? And Peter even backed up what he was saying with verse three. He said, if so, be ye that ye have tasted that the Lord is good, that the Lord is gracious, right? So he's saying, if you have tasted that the Lord is good and you know that he's good and you got a piece of him, you know, like you, you, you got to know Jesus, man. Like he touched you. Oh, he touched me. Like, <laughs> and, and now I'm no longer the same. Oh, that's a hymnal. You guys know it. So if he touched you, he touched your life, he changed your life, and you tasted the Lord, boy, you better desire, you better desire more of it, desire even more milk. And so what's funny is Peter and Paul are kind of like contradicting themselves just a little bit, just, just slightly, but not really. It's still the same thing. Like Peter's just saying that even the simple truths of God's word, you should still desire that. There's so many passages like that. Like one thing I like about David. I think David, I can't wait to do a Bible study and sermons on David. Like, just study the, the, the book of Psalms. Like, there's so much stuff in there. What I learned from the book of Psalms, just yeah. from a little bit of studying I did, is, like, that's how every believer should feel, feel like. Like, I did a, I, I studied just a little bit, Psalms 119. And, like, there's so many times where David just said, man, I desire your law. Man, I love your law. I meditate on your word. He started off Psalms 1-1 like that, like, meditate on the word day and night blessed is the man who meditate on the word day and night right so like blessed happy right <laughs> you get the nutrition and this the the nutrients and just everything you need right the so man you can't and that's what i'm saying like spiritual growth is dependent on you like you're as close to god as you want to be right and i've been posting this lately so i can't wait to break it down in my sunday school lesson so when i do the lesson justin this is this is how i'm gonna do it man so if you want to do it like this coming week let's do it like like i've been posting a lot of stuff on hunger and you know hunger for god right so one of the things i tweeted let me make it bigger so everybody can see one of the things i tweeted is this you know god meets hunger where are you hungry for right another thing i tweeted let's go to some more tweets i'm trying to make it big so everybody can see it yeah when there's no hunger for the presence of god it's an indicator that something is wrong spiritually how can you be a Christian and you don't desire God's word? How can you be a Christian and you don't hunger for even more of God? Are you kidding me? You're satisfied with what you got? Like, when you're hungry for God, you lose your appetite for the world. Oh, so that, that that's, that's what it's talking about right there. A lot of Christians are nibbling and eating the wrong type of stuff. Like, a baby could probably live off of uh, something else other than milk. It, maybe. I don't know. Like, water or something. I don't know. 
but it wouldn't be it wouldn't it wouldn't get the same results right it's bones and it's body it wouldn't get the same sustenance that's the word i'm looking for sustenance and just nutrition that it needs for every muscle to really grow the way that it should and at its fullest capacity right so when you're hungry for the Lord, you lose your appetite for the world. Like God knows how to satisfy you. God knows how to give you exactly what you need. And you need to desire what he wants for you. But if you nibble on anything else, what the world has to offer, you can meet your needs in other ways. This world, Satan got everything for you. Everything you think that you need, you think that you want, he got it for you. But God knows what's best. So when you hunger for his word and hunger for doing things his way and obey his instructions and his ways of doing things, your needs are going to be met way more than what it would have been if you went for any other solution anywhere else. And that's what Peter's trying to say here, man. Like you can't get to being into the image or being at the level that God intends for you or anything like that. You can't reach the heights, right? If you're not willing to just accept his truths, the simple and sincere milk of his word, right? So it's so much with that verse, like Justin. Like I got way more to say on that. I'll just <laughs> save it for later, man. But like, yeah, I've been posting a lot about just hungering, hunger for God. Like the Holy Spirit. <laughs> another thing I tweeted was this. Like it's so much, man. I got way too many quotes on this. Like the hunger got is the Holy Spirit is attracted to hunger. He cannot resist those who honestly admit how desperately they need him. And God wants to fill the hungry heart. What verse is that? That's like Matthew chapter five, verse six. I haven't memorized, I think. I don't know. It says, blessed is the person who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for they will be filled. God wants to fill you with what you're hungering for. So I asked earlier, what are you hungry for? A sincere heart will get what they need if they just go to the right place. God, what better place to go to than God? Like, this is how the passage starts off, man. It's so crazy, man. So like, you want to throw away if you've been, oh that's something else too i want to say too justin like if you are speaking of evil if you're evil speaking like going back to verse one just with evil speaking man so mm. evil speaking is not even really talking about profane talk it's not even talking about speaking uh a profane speech or anything like that it's talking about like hurtful it's the idea of spicy and hurtful gossip so how many mm. people talk about people just to mention that earlier like Everybody, everybody always judging somebody else, man. Everybody always talking about somebody else, like the way they live and the way they doing. That's evil talk, right? Just focus because you ain't perfect either. You got stuff to work on too. Look in the mirror, like Justin said, man. Stop judging people and judge yourself. Work on yourself. It's about self improvement. It's about you versus you. It ain't about you versus anybody else. Stop comparing yourself to other people. You may be holier than some people, but you definitely are not holier than some other people, right? So, like, like Jesus. So, <laughs> so, man, like. If you do those things, like we were talking about, we can go to verse four. Justin, dang, you got me on fire, man. <laughs> verse four, man. Like First uh, Peter chapter two, uh, verse four, right? To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Man, this part is so powerful. Let me look up what to whom coming is. I, I got to look up an easier version of the Bible so I can break that down. Unless you want to go, Justin. You got something you want to say? No, I just like what you're saying, like the, yeah, that, and I, I was trying to find the verse, but like once we're done with the spiritual milk, yeah, God wants us to move on to the spiritual meat of things as well. Like we're not supposed to stay in the same place. You can't expect uh, after you're, after you've grown up from being a baby to infancy to like 
teen, like teenage and adolescence and then adulthood, like you can't be expected to just be drinking milk the whole time. Eventually you need something with more substance. And I think that's uh, really what Sean was saying and what Peter is still trying to say. And I'm glad you brought that up. I like that part. Yeah. And then he says, like, come to Jesus. That's verse four. That's what I was trying to say. Wherefore unto him, that's what that means. It means come to Jesus. He is the living stone people have rejected, but which God has chosen and is highly honored. And now you have a living stone being used to build a spiritual house. So Jesus is that stone. That's what Peter was talking about in first Peter chapter one. He said, except Jesus, man, except Jesus is the word of God, except his word, except all his truths desire this spiritual milk like a baby desires milk this is milk right the word of god jesus said one of seven i am is what i am the bread of life right he said he even told the disciples eat me like and he talked about it when paul paul mentioned it like with the communion when he was breaking down a communion he was saying that um yeah you need a feast on on my flesh you need to drink my blood like Jesus is what you should be eating, right? Everybody's hungry for something. I asked everybody earlier, what are you hungry for? Because God meets everybody's hunger. What do you, and That's so powerful. A lot of people hunger for different things in life. What are you hungry for, right? Nobody can satisfy you and fill your hunger. Nothing on earth can do that but Jesus. And that's what Peter is saying. He's saying, come to him. Come to him. He's the living stone. Some people are going to reject him. That's his whole point. He's saying some people reject him, right? But other people accept him. And the people who reject him don't get the same benefits, the same results in life and like in the life after as the people who accept him and come to him for everything and desire him like spiritual milk. Oh my God, like a baby desires milk. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, so Peter's letting us know like the kind of hunger we got to have. Like you're hungry for a lot of things in this life. I'll tell you what I'm hungry for. Just me as an example. I ask everybody, what are you hungry for? I'm hungry for success. I'm hungry to be famous. I'm hungry to make my name known. I'm hungry to, uh, wow, that is real powerful. <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry to, to just have a full, be in ministry full time and really expand God's kingdom and just put all my time, all my effort into doing that. That's why I even crave to be famous, crave to be known so I could do it more. Right, so I don't have to work a nine to five and toil for the man doing worldly work, you know what I mean? Totally for them when I could be teaching the word, utilizing my spiritual gift, and expanding the kingdom of God. You know what I'm saying? I'll you know, you can hear me talk, I don't have to explain myself. Like, so, like, <laughs> that's just one thing I hunger for and I desire. I mean, I hunger for it. I think about it day and night, I just want to feast on it. So, what is it for you? Oh my gosh, we got Psalms 23, man. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna go there yet, I'll stop. But Justin, let's keep going, man. You want to go? What verse you want to go to? Yeah, man, well, yeah, I'll move on to that in a bit. But man, I just like, uh, yeah, you're you're right. Like God does satisfy like every need we want, and it's like, but that man, that's exactly what that's exactly what causes us to go to Him because we try to find that need in a world that can't satisfy. But like God's the only one who can satisfy, and it's a. Uh, it just makes me think of verse six too, like the last part. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Like every, it makes me think of all the verses. Um, to Abraham, he makes a promise of being, of like uh, having, having all the land and the family that exceeds the 
number of sands and the stars in the sky or is promised to um, the people in the desert that they'll be prosperous and successful. Like God does promise to like fulfill us. Like we, we may like, we have like a mutilated way of thinking of what gives us happiness or what, like what we want to do for ourselves. And that, like, that's a, I think that's a big flaw for our American culture. It, it definitely has its pros and cons. Like we, we do need to like be able to recognize ourselves as individual children of God, but that can also lead us to not wanting to um, live to our full potential or contribute to the kingdom of God. Man, if we, if we're able to put ourselves together as the living stone, or even to use another analogy that Paul used, like if we all come together as like the living body of Christ. Like if this person is the eyes, this person's the hands, this person's the feet, like we can do incredible things as a community as well. And like that's all promised um, when we come together, when we come together as like that, uh, you, you, you used a good word and I can't remember it was, but like we uh, become like that spiritual house that God wants us to be, like all of us working together, coming together. Um, and I think like, uh, it, but in order to do that, we have to wipe away our precognition of like what success means, what prosperity means, what fulfillment means because of what we got from social media or um, from TV shows and movies. Uh, because like those, those don't satisfy. You see, like, man, uh, we've already done a study on this when we were talking about celebrities. How many tabloids do you see of like celebrities who supposedly have it big just like messing up their lives or my my friends were here this weekend we were talking about how uh, some celebrities will have these destination weddings or bachelor parties or bachelorette parties and pay to fly their friends over then like a year later you see that they got a divorce and it's like man but that's like a waste but like this uh spiritual house that god is building is like eternal crazy thing is verse seven talks about how we rejected that it's because it's because of our mutilated understanding of what um what we're su supposed to succeed in or what we're supposed to be fulfilled with that causes us to reject jesus because there's no way we can understand how a poor son of a carpenter has anything to offer us or like in this culture like we can't wrap our mind around a loving god that can provide for us because we're cynical like we always think we we see the outside world and all its misgivings and all its failings and we chalk that up as like um the product of a failing unloving god but that's not the that's not true we did that to ourselves when we focus on when we focus on negative things that's all we find we're, we're gonna find negativity but if we like if we uh commit ourselves to one another if we love one another and support one another and build each other, build ourselves up, when we get rid of the evil talk that Sean was talking about and actually connect with other people, mm. find, find a common ground, find a foundation, man, we can do incredible things. Yeah. Um, it's, oh gosh, just too many to name. But like, what's the purpose of that? It's to move the kingdom of God on earth to try to overshadow all the 
failings that we have as people on earth and replace it with like a loving shining city on a hill and like none of that can happen unless um unless like we build ourselves up and come together verse 8 was saying like some people see the stone as a stumbling block man that can be further from the truth if it's a stumbling block it's because you're trying to find things wrong with it again if you look for negativity you're only going to find negativity and you stumble because you're running away from god or you're trying to find your own path or you're as like from that uh from that picture sean had like because you're stumbled because you're concentrating on someone else's path instead of the path that god has for you it's just there's a lot of reasons you could stumble but it's not because of god it's because you're probably running away from god he has this he might have this clear path laid out for you but you decide on this rocky terrain through the woods for whatever reason and it's uh whoops but oh man uh, i i don't think i had a good direction i don't think i had a good direction for this i think i was just like getting excited about like the, just the the spiritual house that god has for us Man, but uh yeah man, I, had a, I had something for spiritual sacrifices and i can't remember what it was but like it's a i'll admit though like there's some verses that say the yoke is easy but it, it's there are going to be challenges to being a christian too there are going to be challenges to choosing god over this world as well like there's going to be some discrimination like man look at the uh look at social media today it's uh or not social media uh television or movies like the christians always represented it represented as this stuffy super conservative bossy nose in the air pompous person and like those people exist like we we do need to like bring we do need to like bring that bring those people uh down to our level like it jesus jesus wouldn't be in love with that for sure but like there's no representation of like a loving christian or someone who just like loves god and loves people we need to like be that representation like if movies and tv are going to show that we need to like man i think uh yeah that's all i have for that right right now man we're about to go deep man like terry asked me a really good question and, it, and it's the way he worded it like that stumbled me i, I couldn't i was like he should have worded it better like then i could answer it but he basically asked me I, I showed him like a lot of quotes i showed you just now like if you're hungry for god and you desire god and stuff like that like you need to desire him more that's basically what every post said it didn't really say like okay what do you do when you desire god what do you do when you hunger for god like what's the how okay i desire and i hunger for god but how do i get there right so that's the question so in this verse and this text tells you in first peter chapter two man it literally says that it justin just brought it to light in multiple ways but his, the main point he kept on saying is you gotta unite with people you gotta unite with god's people you can if i told you to get to god if you if you have a hunger for god you got a desire to god for god you gotta go where god is where is god he lives inside his children he lives inside his people but you gotta go around the right ones there's some people that are gonna cause you to stumble and cause you to trip you up because I mean, they're learning too. They're growing too. They're not. You probably cross a Pharisee. That's 
filled with malice and evil speaking, evil talk, you know, all that stuff in verse one. That's how you know, okay, I shouldn't be around this person. He literally just said it. If you're a part of the body, if you're around the people of the body of Christ, man, if you're around people that hunger for God and got a passion for God, man, it's you're gonna you're gonna get your you're gonna get your fill in a way, right? You'll probably even meet your wife or your husband there. You'll probably meet people. You're, you've probably been alone and felt rejected and felt out of place all your life. That text literally talked about that. It said that Jesus was indeed rejected of men. Like, <laughs> it said that the living stone was indeed, like, cast away. Like, it says stuff like that in First Peter chapter 2, right? And then he said that you're also the living stone. So that's John 15. Like, you know, Jesus promised us. He said, if the world hated you, just know that it hated me. Because if you're my student, just know that it hated the teacher first. If you're my child, just know that it hates the father first, right? If you're of me and part of the vine and you're a branch, you're just part of the same tree. If they hate the tree, they're not going to love the branch or part of the tree. It's to hate the whole thing. <laughs> so some people make you more hungry for God. Those are the people you need to be around, right? There's people out there like that. That's also the text too. This text is talking about desire, spiritual milk. Boy, so many people are looking for a word from the Lord. So many people need a revelation from the Lord. They need inspiration from the Lord. They're going through something and they want advice. They want wisdom from the Lord. Where do you go to for that? There's a lot of options. Like you can read a Christian book. You can Google now. We live in a totally different time period than the slavery time. You know, the, during the, the disciples' time period, you can you can, they couldn't even read during the disciples' time period. Even during slavery, black people couldn't read, but everybody can read now. Like you have Google. People used to have to depend on a rab, rabbi to read something, read a scripture verse for them. They had to go to church in order to hear the word. But now it's not like that no more. You can receive a word of revelation at any time, right? So it's dependent upon how hungry you are. Are you seeking it and are you searching? Are you going and craving it so much that you're doing whatever it takes to fill your hunger? That's the text, right? The text is talking about, like, if you hunger and you thirst for righteousness, you're going to seek it and you're going to get filled just like he promised, man. So, and then something else, too. The more time you spend in prayer, yeah, the more time in prayer you spend, the more your hunger for God will increase. So basically, the more time you spend with God, the more time you spend in his word, the hungrier you're going to get. And the more truth you see from the word of God and the more revelation you receive from the word of God, the more you're going to want from him. The more you want to taste mm -hmm. even more because you didn't taste it that the Lord is good. Some of y'all ain't been tasting it. Y'all been ta tasted it once when y'all are 10 and y'all haven't had it again and you're 50. That's sad. That's real sad. You ain't hungry enough. If you're hungry enough, you do whatever it takes to go get what you want. Justin, I'm going to share this verse with you. We, this, is, this needs to be a verse we need to do a video on. It's two of them. Right, one is Proverbs sixteen twenty six, and then one is I'm gonna pull it up. One is a uh, Proverbs, yeah, I'm gonna pull it up. Proverbs twenty seven verse seven, and then Proverbs, yeah, I said the other one, Proverbs twenty. Yeah, I'm sorry, man, I'm not prepared. Proverbs sixteen verse twenty six. Yeah, All right, I'm gonna share this one because I already got it uh, popped up. All right, and this is for everybody. It ties in with what I just said. So the appetite of laborers work for them. Their hunger drives them on. I'm reading a different translation. Proverbs 16, verse 26. It is good for workers to have an appetite. 
an empty stomach drives them on. Right? Mm. So, <laughs> so King James Version, he that laboreth, laboreth for himself, but his mouth craveth it of him. Mm. Right? So the appetite of laborers works for them. So if you're hungry for something, your hunger is going to drive you to whatever you want. Why do we work? We work to get out of debt. We work to pay for our children's tuition or whatever. We work, you know, there's a lot of reasons why we work. To pay for school, you know, to obtain success. Why do you work? What's your appetite for working? You know, what, what drives you to do what you hate doing, right? <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. But you're willing to do whatever it takes to meet those needs that you're looking for. And that text is talking about, are you willing to do whatever it takes to get the feel that you're looking for for God from from God, that's only one verse, guys. Like Justin, you have something you want to add with that? While I look for the other verse and try to. No, I like that. Yeah, because that's a that's funny you mention that because that, that's also something we were talking about this weekend with some friends. Is like, what's the as we get older, like you kind of get jaded or a little cynical of like work because when you're young, you imagine all these possibilities for sure. Um, but like when you get older, you kind of wonder like what's pushing you on? Like why, why do you keep working the way at the place that you work at? And like they're like everyone has different reasons. Everyone has different passions. But I think like a big part, especially is like, uh, like I feel like God does like have a God does like work on helping you grow where you're planted. Like there's just so many possibilities out there, and like that's like that possibility for spiritual growth that possibility of just like improving yourself or like allowing you to continue the marathon like that's the appetite i think we need to like keep working because like it's it's hard to keep it's hard for people nowadays to like stay focused on one task or to find meaning in one thing um i think there's like scientific some scientific studies saying like it's hard for the average person nowadays to focus on a task just because like we're overloaded with information and social media and like so a variety of things like new possibilities so it's hard for us to stick to one thing but like god give, god gives us the ability to god he gives us a taste of like the growth that we could experience he gives us a taste of like infinite possibilities of where we're at like but that, like that's definitely a two-way street like god gives you the avenue for growth but we have to like choose that growth as well we need to be able to push ourselves and like look for uh like accept that spiritual meat like you, you can uh he can hand us the spiritual meat but man we have to eat it yeah. um uh man i wish i was like actually going somewhere with these but i feel like i'm just like i i feel i feel uh influence to say something but i don't have a good ending point for any of these man i but, I, got, I got something else man so you could just oh, okay marinate on what you're trying to say but like mm -hmm. that's the thing guys like me and justin we rushed this video so like we have more time it'll be more dangerous like yeah well, and it'll be oh my gosh it'll be more like direct but like it'd be a long one yeah but just we gotta do this again man because i want to do them last verses like talking about building just the contrast like it's crazy contrast i'm not gonna talk about it right now but basically it uh with the living body you know living stones you know you're alive in christ 
yeah, I want to talk about that a lot more. Like, just focus on the, you know, versus basically five through ten, even four a little bit, because we didn't really hit it that much. But um, I'm gonna share this first, man, because this is the other verse I was talking about. It's so powerful, Justin. You ready? So yeah. Proverbs 27 verse seven. This verse didn't make any sense to me either. Mm-hmm. Justin, this is gonna make you want to talk to. So like, Proverbs 27 verse seven reads, "One who is full loads honey from the comb." But the hungry, even what is bitter, tastes sweet. Ooh. <laughs> so Proverbs 27 verse 7 says, a person who is full refuses honey, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. And then one who is full loathes honey. But the one who is hungry, yeah, the one who is hungry, everything bitter is sweet. Guys, that verse is so powerful, you don't even understand it. Like, basically like it's saying watch what you eat right so you might eat the wrong thing for when you are hungry you cannot tell the difference a lot of people are starving they're craving something so for example i was a virgin until i was 26 i craved sex so much i was willing to just give it away to anybody because i desired it so much i threw away waiting for the right one you know what i mean I threw away like the goal or the reason of why I was doing what I was doing. Why? Because I was hungry, right? So one who was full loves honey from the cone, right? So a person who is full refuses honey. So when you get enough sex, you get whatever you want, whatever feel you want. If you get enough of it, it doesn't matter where you get it from. It's just another thing. So for example, you don't have sex all your life. Like there's one girl I met. She had 30 to like 200 partners before like sexual partners. So obviously sure. sex meant nothing to her, right? That's the point. A person who's full, living full. A lot of people are living full, right? So they got enough money that they're satisfied, man. So they don't lack anything. They don't ever want anything. So they never go through anything really because they're so rich. They have so much. So they're sluggish. They're getting fat. And they're never wanting. They eat steak all the time. They eat good. So they never suffer really. But people who are hungry, man, even what is bitter, what, what even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry, right? So when you're living hungry, you're desperate, you're hungry, you're willing to give more, you're willing to fight for more. You you don't you don't care if it's mac or cheese or Roman noodles or whatever you're eating. Just as long as you're eating, you're satisfied. Oh, so the question is, what place do you want to be? Do you want to be in a place where you're full and complacent? Uh. Or do you want to be in a place where you're desperate and hungry and you want more and you desire more? That's the spiritual sense that Peter's trying to point out with this verse. Like we should be desiring Jesus so desperately, desiring what God wants for us, like more than anything, craving it, seeking it, that we become so violent, ferocious, hung, you know, you know, forceful to obtain it. You know what I mean? A lot of people ain't hungry for the Lord. You said you're hungry. I asked her, what are you hungry for? And God meets your hunger. So are you doing what it takes to get your hung, your hunger met from him? Or are you going everywhere else? Because you may get full off of other things, but it ain't going to fill you the way that he will fill you, right? Because you're always going to need to come back to him, right? And that's the thing, the difference. You know, in an earthly sense, we always got to, uh, we get full. And that's, that's also the text. A lot of people are full, right? Mm. I don't like being full. You like being full, Justin? Like where you can't move and you're getting nauseous. No, no. And like, <laughs> I mean, you're like, you're full, full. 
A lot some people like that, but I don't like that, man. I, I like used to, but as I get older, I can't move anymore. I right. that. It's awful. Then you gotta go on the toilet, man. So like so it's the same thing, but spiritually speaking, like you can never get full off of God. You always have to come back for more, right? And then I'll, it's not even just that. It's like you need more. So you'll never get full, right? You can never get full. You can never get enough of him. So how hungry are you for him? That's the text, man. So like, yeah, man, there's so many examples. I'll talk about that some other time. Like Peter, uh, actually Terry broke down that verse for me because didn't, it didn't make sense to me. But like first Peter's just talking about that, man. Like how much do you crave God? I mean, is it all talk? You know, a lot of y'all said you, you want to, get all like you want to get all the fullness of god like uh justin i've been i've been studying a little bit and a lot of people have been mentioning me like the baptism of the spirit mm. like do you do you know about the baptism of the spirit because i don't know much about it like oh uh, no not too much like that we were um like uh we've been going through we've been going over mark with Yao's dad um for a little bit and he was kind of asking about the baptism as well mm-hmm and we were talking about how like when jesus was baptized like the spirit the spirit of heaven like transcended down on him like a dove and we were trying to explain to him like the water is the physical part but like the spiritual part of it is a show of obedience it's like um connecting with god like it's it's obviously baptism isn't needed to get into heaven but it's something that we do to try to connect with God in a similar vein to um, the Daniel fast or Lent. We're giving up something physical so we can understand something more spiritual, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, all I'm trying to say, guys, like, there's so much about the Bible we don't know. Yeah. Like, the Bible goes so deep, you don't even know it until you study it for yourself, and you're like, okay. And then you study more, and you're like, oh, I still don't know enough. That's my point. Like a lot of y'all are satisfied with God. You're satisfied where you, where your relationship is with Him, that you desire no more of Him, and that's just what. Like, have you really tasted Him? Like, you know, like, and that's Paul's whole point. He said, I mean, Peter's whole point in First Peter chapter two, verse three. He said, "If you have tasted that the Lord is good, desire the milk of the Word, so you'll grow thereby." This life's all about growing. If you're still alive, God wants you to still be growing, right? There's still something He wants you to learn. A lot of y'all aren't involving at the rate that he wants you to evolve at. And I, even me, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I've been growing, so I can't say I'm not. But, like, I want to grow more. Like, there's no, there's no stopping. Like, I'm not going to just stop here. Like, I'm satisfied with the way I talk. No, I want to talk better. I want to I be the best. Like, I already told you, I want to, I want the best YouTube channel. I want to talk the Bible so well that everybody's like, okay, nobody talks it like him. Like, it should be like Jesus talking. You know what I mean? Because we're living stones, just like him, like I said in the text. We should be acting just like him. We should be talking just like him. We should be doing miracles just like him. Like, that's the baptism of the spirit, by the way, Justin. Like, it's like, it's the second baptism, technically. Like, it's not really the second baptism, but it's just like, uh, you're, there's one baptism of the spirit where, you know, you're saved, right? There's mm-hmm. another one where you're baptized and you, you speak in tongues. It happened at, uh, I think, Pentecost. Like, when Jesus came back, it happened to the disciples, right? And they... It, and they received even more gifts. Like, it, it, it wasn't just them. It was other people, too. I don't know. I, I, gotta, I gotta ask Terry. We gotta do a video on it. <laughs> but Terry and then my uh, one of my groomsmen, you'll meet Dylan. 
but oh that's awesome oh yeah, yeah that'd be cool yeah we gotta do a video on it but, but did you say what you want to say with guys elite man can you break that down for the title of the video so i don't have anybody say we ain't break that down why, why is it yeah, guys elite? yeah i think that's like i think that's the last part i kind of want to say is like we're like it talks about how we're a chosen people like you think uh man if you think of like the the knights of king arthur or if you think of special forces like those people were chosen for their abilities and like it's not a coincidence that we're also god's chosen people the gospels make it very clear that it's not by our own power that we made it this far it's because like god has instilled in us um a hunger for him he's in he's softened our hearts to want to seek him out and like that's a like that makes us chosen like it's nothing we did but like god has brought us into the folds of this and so again we don't need to take it lightly so what does that mean that means like we're now holy like we're god's possession like we're not our own like there we can always talk about how we've made it this far because of our own abilities or because of our hard work but there 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 are so many circumstances that we didn't have control over like we are god's like we are god's possession and when it talks about spiritual sacrifices that means like we give our like we give him our labor we give him our mindfulness we give him our um we give him our lives pretty much, which is the only thing that we can give him. Like my monetary success, my job success, my relationship success, that's not even mine to give. Like the only thing I can give is my life. Um, so when we, when we join him, we praise him. We thank him for the things he's given us because he's pulled us from dark to light. So even though we started off as sinful creatures like the day we were born we were already cursed with sin because of the actions of our ancestors but now we're a people of god like we've been brought into this like man it, i my mind always goes back to uh the description of a new jerusalem in heaven like that's what we are like we're new creations like for god so we were creatures of dark we're creatures of light now We've received mercy, so we need to dispense mercy. We've received love, so we dispense love. It's like we are just new creations in all of this. And that's what Peter was saying. Like we're, we need a, our slate has been wiped. Like, so we don't keep on sinning. Like, that's not what we're called to do with our freedom. Like, as awesome as the, as awesome and great as it is to live in the U.S., like a lot of times we do things just because we think we can, but like, that's not why we were set free. Like we were set free. So we don't have to live in that sinful life again. Man, what a lesson, man. Mm. There's so much more to say, man. But I'll let you know when I'm ready to do another video. Cause I'm, I, I want to pull out so much more, man. But all right, guys, that's the video. Are you good, Justin? yeah good i i felt like i got everything out man this was this was a good lesson this was lit <laughs> man there's so much more i want to say man like i, I there's, there's so much deeper guys that like i had to hold back i can't hit you with everything yet i gotta wait <laughs> <laughs>
So, yeah, we'll get to it, man. So, you guys know the drill. Uh, me and Justin got a lot of social media pages. Uh, for my social media pages, guys, I feel like I have the best social media pages ever. So, if you want to see an Instagram page that really glorifies God and you learn a lot and you grow in your faith and stuff like that, go to my Instagram pages. I have two of them. I have my underscore daily underscore Bible and I have trouble on last. I also have a Twitter page. I was sharing that with a lot of my posts. So go to my Twitter page. I have the best tweets. I'm telling you, I work really hard on my social media pages, guys. All right. So when you go to my pages, like everything, share everything, comment, just bless the algorithm, man. Oh, I almost hurt myself. Bless the algorithm, okay? Like, bless my pages, man, for real. I got Snapchat and TikTok, uh, trouble don't last. Uh, I'm live right now on my Facebook and LinkedIn as well. Sean Christopher Jenkins, befriend me on there. Send me a DM. If you want, if you got any questions for me and Justin, you want us to do a video on your questions that you have so we can answer it thoroughly, you know, just DM us on our Facebook pages. I'll tell you Justin's in a minute. It's just his name, Justin Lee Howell. Um, my YouTube and podcast is up, Look Past Crossroads, and then my Tumblr page, trouble don't last number one. Let me go ahead and go to uh, Justin's social media pages. So uh, here goes his uh, YouTube channel, Chaplain's Log. So subscribe to his YouTube channel, turn on the post notifications so you know he uploaded another video. Make sure to watch all his videos, like all of them, comment to help out his channel, help it grow and promote it. If you don't do those things, our channels will not grow, all right? Same for Facebook, man. Befriend him on Facebook. You can send him, a, send him a DM if you got any questions for him. You want him to do a video on a question that you have. And then also on my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads. Again, this was for the International Sunday School lesson on First Peter chapter two. We got a lot more videos in store for you on First Peter chapter two. So uh, make sure to check out this playlist on my YouTube channel, Upper Pass Crossroads. Just seeing all the different Sundays me and Justin and Terry have done. All right, and then also I have a playlist on the book of First Peter, and I have another playlist, playlist titled, you know, First Peter chapter two. And you can listen to all the sermons and Bible studies and stuff like that that we've done on First Peter chapter one. I mean, first, the book of First Peter, you know, First Peter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and then the book of First Peter chapter 2. All right, so that's the video, guys. I pray you guys enjoyed it. All right, until we meet again, God bless you in Christ's victory. It's your victory. I'm taking Terry's slogan that he says all the time. So, <laughs> so nice. peace out. I told Terry with that slogan that that's his presidential uh, slogan. If he ran for president, that, that, that's what it would be. Christ's victory is your victory. But all right, guys, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace out.